welcome to the GV Talks Book Show, where it's all about reading and literacy at Genesee Valley Central School and the world. Join us as we discuss book studies, additions to our library, and hear about the amazing literacy celebrations that occur throughout the year. Join me, your host, Lindsay Simpson, as we hear from our very own Genesee Valley literacy gurus and students as we celebrate literacy together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to GV Talks Books. I am your host, Lindsay Simpson, here at Genesee Valley Central School. And today we have two special guests with us uh, to talk about a book that was read in one of their classes. So I am going to pass it over. Can you introduce yourselves, maybe share a grade you're in, and just a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Victoria Babbitt. I am an 11th grader here. I'm 17. And um, I love to read and I love art. Hi, I'm Cole Kozlowski. I am 16 years old. I'm in 11th grade. And just like Tori, I like art and reading. <laughs> Perfect. So when you, uh, you had a recent class and you read the book Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Can you tell me a little bit about the class that you were in that covered this novel? We were in English with um, Mr. Anger, and we were talking about the ideas of life and the meaning behind it and um, knowledge and, and how knowledge is power. And I think this book covered it really well. It covered humanity, technology, life. It was a really, really good book. Awesome. Okay, so when you you read this book, um, for any of our listeners who may not have read Fahrenheit 451, without any spoilers, can you give a brief summary of the book? Um, Ray Bradbury covers pretty much all of what Cole just said. Um, basically, knowledge is power, and... Um, all of books are basically just non-existent in this fictional world and it kind of makes you realize like how technology is starting to run things and this was written back in like the early 19 yeah like early 1950s and it's amazing how much uh, Bradbury knew like yeah, how like, accurate it is it's super accurate to today um, it it's about the book is about, um, like Tori said, a dystopian society far, far in the future, and um, there's a war on books, and firemen actually burn books instead of, I mean, burn houses instead of um, put them out because with technology, um, everything's been fireproofed, and hmm. technology is just really advanced, and um, the people in the society have just become too comfortable with like everyday life to the point where they don't care about anybody and the book talks about how without um, knowledge um, there's no power and people just lose meaning and become numb they just float along and that's the main idea of the book just are there certain characters that you follow throughout the book or um, Th there's one main character um, Guy Montag um, he's one of these firemen and um, he, he he gives his perspective basically about how he feels throughout the book and things he notices and sees and there's three parts to the book and each one is very different from each other and you see 
um, Guy Montag just grow throughout the book. And yeah. like in the first uh, part, he is very, you know, very fireman-y. He's very loving to his job and he has a wife. Yeah, he and in the middle part, he grows a little away from it and he realizes that knowledge really is everything. And in the last part, he just is completely torn away from his job and he knows his true, like his true power, his true self and what the world, what the world is really doing to itself. And that's a great explanation. Is there anything you want to add, Cole? I was just going to um, go back over what Tori said. Guy is a fireman and he loves his job. He loves burning books. He doesn't realize that um, I mean, the power that books can actually have. And he just goes along his life with his fireman buddies and they burn everything until um, one day he reads one of the books and it like changes his life. And he realizes that, like Tori said, knowledge is power. And he goes on a journey and um, by the end of the book he realizes what he needs to do and how, um, soci how much society and the world has changed without the knowledge and without the books. And, it's really, it's like scary accurate to what we have today because we have all of the knowledge at the, um, that we like need, that we would possibly need at our fingertips, our phones and stuff. And we are, are getting super comfortable with how much technology we have today that we don't realize um, like how... How exhausting it can be sometimes to just... Like, if you sit back and look at it, it's kind of exhausting how much we use technology, like how frustrating it, it can be sometimes. Whereas you can open right up to a book and start right where you left off. And, and with technology, you have to restart and stuff. And it's, it's really just, it's kind of exhausting sometimes. With technology we have today, we've become numb to, well, we're starting to become numb to like, other people in society it's all digital it's mm -hmm. all and eventually we're just not going to need books anymore because we have everything on our phones and do you think that will ever actually happen i feel like it i will. feel like with what we're um where we are right now with all the new technology it's very very possible that we can just completely get rid of like paper like mm -hmm. physical copies because we can have everything digitally i mean almost every book in the world right now is like accessible on your phone right and so for our listeners if, if you don't know who I am our, I am our district's technology integration specialist so mm -hmm. my job is is using technology but I love that this message has come through the book because I do think it's something that everybody should think about is how to have a balance with yeah. technology and, and use it in a way that can help us grow but not hinder us yeah. So I think that's awesome that that's a message that you pulled out of the book. Um, when you were in your class, how did you interact with this novel? Did you read it on your own? Did you read it together in groups? Did you have group discussions? Was there a project surrounding the book? Um, t tell the listeners a little bit about how this fit into your course. Um, we Before we started reading the book, um, we um, learned about three different philosophies. Um, we learned about nihilism. Um, and two uh, others. That uh, yeah, two others that I forgot about already. Sorry, Mr. Anger. And, <laughs> I'm um, telling on you. Jeez, <laughs> who are we upset? No. <laughs> the, um, it's just the idea of the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. um, 
and we were touching on the subjects of religion and those are what the three little discussions were about and we knew something was up because he started talking and actually teaching <laughs> I'm just kidding but <laughs> well he started introducing different ideas and we were all like oh something's got to be coming and, and he handed out yep he handed out our books and we started reading as a group and we would just read and some days we would just read and others we would read and then have discussions and me and Cole actually went and talked to Mr. Anger by ourselves yeah. and um, we had a very nice discussion about the book and how, how it made like, us how it made us feel and like how it affects us basically. like in real life and the way it like it just sparks something inside of you basically if you're one of those people who can like realize like the meaning and you can see all the symbolism and everything inside of it like your first run through of the book it's amazing and it's a great feeling to be able to know like wow I just read that and it just it made me feel amazing and it just it makes you realize a lot of stuff about like and that's, that's the great thing about mm-hmm. books, right? You know, when you read a book, there, there's no matter what type of genre you're reading, whether, you know, I, I like to read Stephen King books. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not deep and meaningful like this one, but there are some themes that always jump out. Um, but whether you're reading a thriller or you're reading a book like this, the idea is that you're going to walk away with something, uh, some type of message, some type of theme. It's going to impact you in some way. And, and it sounds like this really did. It really did. Um, everything in the book, every character and every um, object in the book has some kind of symbolism. And it's just amazing how um, Ray Bradbury predicted what society's coming to today. And I never finished talking about the philosoph- philosophies we started learning, and I wanted to touch back on those. We learned about um, the meanings of life and how basically life is kind of meaningless. Mm-hmm. One day um, we're all gonna die. Like that's awful to say, but <laughs> we're all gonna die and be forgotten. And that's kind of what um, happens in the book near the end. And I'm not gonna spoil anything because you don't have to read it. But some stuff happens in the end of the book, and it um, causes guy to realize that nothing mattered that he was doing until the very end. And um, each philosophy had um, a different idea on like how to like bring meaning into your life. Some people want to live it to their fullest, um, you know, no matter how long it is, just like get yourself out there, do what you can, um, make yourself happy. But like most like good things, there's some repercussions with that one. There's um, one where life is meaningless, so you just shouldn't believe in anything, like just float along. And the other one was about um, religion and like love God and stuff like that. Love your gods, mm-hmm. love your, and um, dedicate your life to someone else or something like that. And a lot of the book um, relates back to um, Ecclesiastes book one, and um, uh, the Bible and First um, Corinthians, um, and we actually did an essay on it and. Um, it was seven paragraphs on just how it related to real life and how the book related to real life and with religious texts. With, with the themes of like how was the the book like similar to 
um, the ideas the, found in these ones. Yeah, the mm -hmm. religious passages. Yeah, and related them all back to each other. We had a speaker come in and mm -hmm. talk to us actually about um, the book of Ecclesiastes and a quote from that passage is actually life is meaningless. It's like it started out with meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless and you're like oh well that's a nice way to start a book thanks for that <laughs> well and it, it is it's funny to talk about because you know if, if you came into a room and said well life is meaningless people were like oh my gosh what's wrong you know like, we don't want to talk that way mm -hmm. but when there's so many pieces of literature that focus on just that because at the end of the day most people want to know what is the what is the meaning of life? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. What are we working towards? What's the end goal? Um, so the way you guys have recapped it and, and the connections you've made with the different belief systems, whether you're going to live your life to the fullest, whether you're just going to give up because nothing matters, or whether you're going to look and, you know, Dedicate. beyond and think about what, what might be next depending on your belief system, um, it it's hard to talk about. It's not often talked about, mm -hmm. but it is in a lot of literature because it's thought about quite a bit. And it was a real eye-opener reading um, this book and reading um, all these passages. It was an eye-opener. It, it really was. It really was. It was. I, I love the book. It, so it really changed. So life. if I had to say, give me one key message or one key lesson that has stuck with you since finishing the book and you could only pick one thing. Life, there, oh, one thing. That's one so thing. difficult <laughs> because there's so many different messages and ways to interpret the book. But for me, the book um, was saying life is meaningless and everything that you know and love may one day not be here and you will maybe be forgotten. I don't want to be like, you will be forgotten because right. um, that's basically what Mr. Anger said and it sent me into a panic. <laughs> Um, but one day... So you um, better do something impactful. Yeah, so <laughs> find... What I learned was um, life is meaningless. Everything that you know may be gone someday and you may be forgotten. So right now you should focus on you now and find the meaning in your life. Find what makes you happy. Find um, the meaning of your life. And that's really kind of what stuck to me because someday it might not be here anymore. For me... Um as an 11th grader, I've been wondering, like, where I'm going in life and what I'm going to do. College. That's uh, scary. Yeah. Uh, just, like, what I'm going to do in life and where I'm going and whether or not I'm going to want a career change. And the lesson in that book for me that stuck with me is that you really never truly are happy until you find that one thing that just spark something inside of you and you just love it and for um guy montag it was books he came to love them and i love think knowledge. i think that was a great message in the book because in the beginning he just despised them and at the end he just it was amazing like it was just an amazing transformation to read about and like, even though it was fictional, it felt real to me because I have gone through so many things already in life, and I just wonder where it's going to take me, and I hope it takes me somewhere good because... <laughs> 
I think know. it will. <laughs> I think it absolutely will. But I think that is it's such a good way to think about the book um, in relation to your own life. Um, it's been a while since I was in 11th grade, but I can remember that feeling um, in, in trying to figure out what comes next. So when you're talking about transformation and guys' transformation and, and looking at life one way and then having that that personal development into changing the mindset, when you think about your future and your life and how you're going to fill it, thinking about guy, do you feel like where you're at right now is going to be where you're at at the end in, in your thinking, in your mindset, in your passions? Or do you think, like Guy, you might have transformations along the way and you might end up in a completely different spot? I'm hoping I, I'm like Guy because I he agree. just, it was, it was really just like a good message. I'm really happy we read this book. Mm -hmm. It just, it really was like an eye-opener. It just, it helped with a lot of things because we're starting to talk about colleges and what we want to do and everyone knows what they want to do and I, I know so many things about myself that I just love to do but I can't see myself doing just one of those things in life and I don't know which one to choose and the fact that Guy had just these few little ideas of what maybe he liked in the beginning and then he just explored them all throughout the book. I would love to do okay. that. So you said it seems it. Everybody <clears throat> seems to know what they want to do. Do you do you feel like they know what they want to do, or does it just seem it's, like they do? It's the it's, idea of. It's the idea like, oh, I'm gonna go to college and I'm gonna do this one thing and I'm gonna graduate for that one thing and then I'm gonna do that one thing for the rest of my life and I feel like I'm going to be trapped. I'm one of those people who doesn't have trouble with commitment, but knowing that you're going to have to do one thing the rest of your life is kind of scary mm -hmm. because it's like, I have so many interests and how is this, where is this going to take me and yeah. what kind of new adventures am I going to go on? Cole, what do you think? It's scary, especially for someone who's so young like us. Like, we're just fresh out of high school. We don't have much experience out in the real world and they're just like, People are just saying, choose what you want to do for the rest of your life. This is what you're stuck with. And it's like, that's scary. I don't want to deal with that. But um, like Tori said, Guy <coughs> went through a lot of changes. He thought he knew exactly what he was supposed to be doing. And that's what a lot of people feel like leaving high school and going to college or even graduating college and going into the real world. But life is unpredictable. You have no idea where you're going to end up because... You could have a degree in what you thought you wanted to do, and then um, when you're actually working in it, you realize, this isn't, I'm not happy doing this. Like, what happened to Guy? He loved burning books, but um, he realized after reading some of them and changing up his life that he was not happy and could, couldn't bring himself to do it anymore. And um, he completely changed his career path. He became an activist for books and So could that be possible for your own life? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know right now in your life, you're you're being told a lot of times, no, what are you going to do, right? Mm -hmm. you got to apply for college. What major are you going to pick? It's, it's what like, mind are you going to pick? Are you going to go to trade school? Are you going to go right into the job, like the workforce? Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you like, going to do? What are you going to do? It's like, just chill. Let me figure it out myself. <laughs> I don't need to know 
what I want to do immediately after high school. I can take some time, find out some more things about myself, find out what I really like, and then I can make a decision. Because throwing someone into a decision like that could really like mess up their life. So as you go through, you know, I think that's a really good point because, and you can you can take classes, you can you know work with your community, you can get to know different areas of the world that you might not have been able to so far in your short, um, what six Time seventeen maybe. years of life, sixteen yeah. years of life, Small, seventeen years of life. So um, I think these are such great lessons that that this book has prompted you to really think about uh, because in reality, especially as the world is shifting, mm-hmm. many people do find themselves making transformations, right? Mm-hmm. My father-in-law has worked one job from the day after he graduated high school to when he's retiring in, in a year in January. Wow, and he's crazy. loved it. He's been so successful. And, and that's good, though. And it was, but at the time, in those times, that was very normal, right? You found a company that you were loyal to your whole career. Um, but times are shifting, so you're seeing more and more people make those shifts. So I'm glad that your mind has been opened mm-hmm. to that idea that mm-hmm. what you start with yeah. might it, not be what you end with. So keep looking. And that is one of that's like I'm glad you said that because that's I think that's another main theme of the goal. I a main theme of the goal, main <laughs> theme of the book. <laughs> not everyone knows what they want to do until something happens, and you don't have to be doing the same thing your entire life. You can end up somewhere completely different and still be happy. Right. Well, and you guys know my story. You know, I started off wanting, thinking I was going to be a musician. Oh, yes. And then... And then you went to theater, and now you're techie. Now I'm a techie. But <laughs> it was only because there was blockages in my path that in the moment I thought, what? This was my plan, and now I'm being told I can't do that plan. So... What what's next? Because when people have asked me, this is what I've said I was going to do, can I change it? And absolutely, you yeah, can change it. M- most of the time, it's not a straight line. In fact, right. that line breaks off into a bunch of different other oh, lines that break yeah. off and into I'm others. And I'm so happy mine did because it led me to where I am. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really exciting. It led me here chatting with you about Fahrenheit 51. <laughs> so. Another thing is, like, in high school, you... Really, like, you start off with the same group of friends for a couple of years, and and then you kind of fall apart, and you want <laughs> to find new friends because the old ones drive you nuts. <laughs> it happens to everybody. It's the ebbs and flows of life. <laughs> and so, and it's the same in the book as well, because um, Guy just, he starts with the same people and he meets a new person and then sticks they change their life and he and she changes his life and i won't say who it is you know in the book or whatever what but happens to them. but he he really like she really did change his life and he throughout the entire book her name was mentioned at least like once or twice and just the thought of her yeah. remained and i think like after you leave your friends and things and you find your new group like your your soulmates of friends they like you really do realize like your friends have affected you and and who you are today they are and they have and like guy would not be the way he is in the book 
had he not been a fireman or mm-hmm. met this person that opened up his eyes he really would not have transformed without her help that's awesome so i have a, a one one well one or two last uh questions for you and and we're going to go through it quickly because our time is running short but um Ray Bradbury's work of Fahrenheit 451 is often referred to science fiction, but as we've talked about today, it really has plenty to say about the world as it is, not necessarily as it could be. Um, Even though it was written, like you said, in the 1950s, um, it's amazing when a book has that longevity Mm -hmm. and and can still remain relevant in our time as this book has. So just in, in, in one or two sentences, how do you feel about the stands the author or characters take in the book um, as it relates to the importance of remembering and understanding history? History, the society that we have um, built up today is built on um, previous people and like ideas. We've built up from um, other people and other people's ideas and without that society just kind of collapses and that's why it happens in Fahrenheit 451 without any books there to remember um, the ideas and beliefs of people of the past society just collapses and becomes awful like people are corrupt no one cares about anybody there's no structure it's a mess and we need history to move forward Tori George uh, I think his last name is Santayana He is remembered for this quote, and um, he says, those who fail to remember are condemned to repeat history. And I think that quote just matches this book so well, because if you don't remember the past, how are you going to not repeat it in the future? How are you going to move forward if you don't have the past? Yeah. So then the last question I have for you, same, along the same lines, how do you feel um, about the stands of the author or characters taking the book in regards to machines as helpers to humans. You know, we talked a lot about mm-hmm. technology and the impact it's had on our life. So what do you think um, the feelings are with machines as helpers to humans or are machines a hindrance or our enemy? Humans? Cole, yeah, Cole, why don't you start? Humans are becoming way too reliant on, on my technology. Like, I'm attached to my phone. I'm attached to my computer. I use a huge computer just to, like, get, do what I love doing. And I just become really reliant on technology, and that's what happened to Fahrenheit 451. People have become way too reliant on the comforts of modern life that they forget hardships, and it just becomes a meaningless mess. So I feel like machines are kind of a hindrance like they're they're helpful but a little too helpful because it's just creating a mess good tori um i think both are very true statements like machines can be very helpful but they can also be like they can become our enemies very quickly depending on what they are made for and in the book um it's it's made to help firemen, but to other people, they're, they're it, like, it's the enemy, basically, and it just suppresses everything, and machines have done that to our modern world, and 
I have to agree with Cole and say that they are hindrances. Yeah, like, they are they're corrupting. Just, they just take away everything that makes humans humans and just fleshy meat sacks, basically, with knowledge. And that's what happens to <laughs> um, Guy Montag's wife. She's very reliant on everything, and she just becomes... No spoilers, no spoilers. Oh. No spoilers. It's not really a spoiler. It's like the first thing you learn in the book. <laughs> well... Thank you both for joining me on this episode. You know, I, I was excited to hear that one Fahrenheit 451 was covered in your class and that you both had stood out to your teacher as, as individuals that should come on the podcast and talk about the book, and I can definitely see why after our conversation. I hope you as listeners have enjoyed our chat. If you would like to hear more uh, episodes, please feel free to follow our podcast um, you can find us on all your favorite platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, as well as our local Angelica radio station on Thursday afternoons at 4.30. So thank you so much for joining us today. This was GB Talks Books, and until next time. From everyone here at Genesee Valley, we want to thank you for joining us in this episode of GB Talks Books. And to remind you that the journey of a lifetime starts with the turning of a page. Mm -hmm.